to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Definitely calmed down a lot from last night's reaction podcast. That Thank was, God. That was, yeah. that was tough. I, I, I was listening back to it just because I was like, did, did I imagine how, how upset I was? You were very upset. And then I listened back to it, and I was like, my voice is two octaves higher than it typically is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely woke up, and my mood is a lot better. So, Alex, how are you doing in the I'm morning glad, after that man. loss? No, it's all funny to me at this point, to be honest, because oh, I was okay. thinking about how yesterday we were in here talking about how raps need to go 4-0. I believe that was your stated objective on this homestand. Four no. It was indeed my stated <laughs> objective. And I had to I had yeah. to let you know there's at least one disappointment and then we already hit that quota. This is um, the wisdom that you that you gain throughout the course of well, your thirties. I believe I also guaranteed a win at some point during the show. So, you know, mm. uh, apologies to uh you know anybody who is on uh, Bet Rivers for that. Um but Gary was out last night, Precious was out, Scotty, yep. and from practice today, none of them participated. So they're all considered questionable. For tomorrow against Detroit as well, but like you mentioned yesterday on your on your React pod, that's no excuse for how they came out. That's no excuse for how they play defense. That's no excuse for the shot selection. You know, that's no excuse for losing this game that they could have won in in the second half at home. And like they got our hopes up. They got our hopes up last week. Very encouraging three and one week, right? We've been talking about them needing to put together an impressive week. And I thought even with the loss to Milwaukee, there was good momentum coming into this homestand. And I don't know. They just threw it all away last night. They threw it all away. Yeah, I, I think... Is that too much? Or? No, no. I, I think when you look at the overall scope of the season, like again, there, there, are, there is an alternate universe where we look at that game and we're like, okay, Indiana shot the ball phenomenally, mm. right? There were at least three or four sequences where the Raptors blocked a shot at the rim. Yeah. Phenomenally, by the way, they shot 55-52-84 from the field yesterday. That's, that's <laughs> like, a lot of teams shoot 50 against the Raptors. That's, a, that's Kevin Durant numbers. Uh, yeah. I, uh, uh, man, there we go. That's, how, that's how I'm feeling, man. Salute to producer Derek. We instructed him to do that, okay? We, we gave him his, our explicit permission. Yeah, he's a friend. Derek's a friend of the community Absolutely. at this point. Because um, he says we stole the Chinese bakery thing from the Portuguese. Anyways, yeah. Okay, all right. Mm. Um... What was I saying? Yeah, I mean, look, like, yes, you can say on an alternate, like, like yes, uh, they had a couple breaks go away. The Raptors blocked a bunch, a bunch of shots. They were able to put them back a lot of those times. Yeah. That would be true if you wouldn't, live, if you didn't see the whole season for the Raptors. Yes, as a whole. exactly. This would be they true. They have lost. This would 12, be true if it, wasn't, if it wasn't game 73. Yeah. If yeah. this is game seven yeah. of the season or something like that. And by the way, they did that in game seven of the season. I'm pretty sure if you pull up the schedule. This was around when they got blown out by OKC on the road for no reason. Um, but it's like, yeah, exactly to your point. Like, this is exactly what we've seen throughout mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. And we thought, listen, you know, acquisition of Jakob Pertl, you know, me pulling up net ratings for the first time in six years, you know, looking at all oh. the positives and stuff. And... I just wanted to put so much hope, so much positivity into this final stretch of the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's last night was just a reminder that this is the team that they are this season. Yeah. Like, and this is the team. It's, it's unfortunate. Again, you needed to take all four of these, right? And if you took yeah. all four of these, you might be feeling a lot more comfortable. A night like last night, for example, Atlanta ends up losing mm-hmm. at the very end to Minnesota. Yep. You have a chance to now match them in the standings. I don't think the Raptors have the tiebreaker, so I don't think they would have jumped them. But still, like, you have a chance to sort of climb above. Like, Atlanta has literally been sitting there mm-hmm. for two months at 500. 
Yep. Just waiting for some team to surpass them. Just waiting yeah. patiently. No, they've been inviting to be anyone to pass them. Yeah, but then, you know, the, the Raptors just weren't able to take advantage last night. And I would say that, you know, from the performance last night, the, the positives for me, I mean, it was, it, was, it was cool seeing Pascal take over in the fourth quarter. I mean, he had 18 points in the fourth, uh, six of eight shooting. He played the entire fourth quarter, went six of seven from the, uh, the, the free throw line, Dominant. had an assist, had a block. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as, as much as he can do, and we definitely did have a long discussion about, you know, what the Raptors have sort of done in, in crunch time earlier this week on Tuesday, and, and we talked about sort of different options, and mm. we acknowledged the fact that, yeah, Pascal had not been playing his best basketball in the fourth quarter, and a lot of times you don't feel his impact as much. You can't say that about last night. Pascal's taken over. And my whole, my whole thing was just like, okay, sometimes you come out slow. You know, obviously there's a lot of excitement in the crowd. Um, once again, tons of family and friends in the building for – O'Shea mm. Brissett, for Andrew Demhard, yeah. for Benedict Matherin. Like, these guys all had homecomings last night. After the game, they had, like, three sections of fans. Oh, that's amazing. It was yeah. really, really nice to see while I was screaming in the 600 level. <laughs> I wonder if they could hear me. First time in NBA history, by the way, three Canadians started. And I thought, by the way, that team. was such a cool move by Rick Carlisle. Apparently, he actually went to go speak to uh, Aaron Neesmith, and he was like, hey, this is my plan. I want to give O'Shea the start because of this whole idea. Are you cool with it? He was mm. like, absolutely. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm Aaron Neesmith, yeah. I'm going to have to be cool <laughs> okay, with this. Okay, well, fair. But my thing was just like, that's actually the sign of good team culture, right? Of course. That's a great team culture. Like move. you mentioned in the Rackpot too, and, and you can tell by just watching, and not just the Pacers, but other teams, like a lot of these teams play more together. Uh, for a sure. lot of these Certainly. teams play more Certainly. together. And it's super concerning to me that when you have one starter out in, in Scotty, and when you have the two guys coming off the bench in Gary Precious, when you lose that, like how is it that we fall so far? How do we go from having such a good starting five, you know, since acquiring Jakob, and then suddenly when you just remove one component and then you remove two more off the bench, that we just revert back to this? Like, it, I think it just speaks to just deeper problems with this team. Yeah, no, for sure. Look, listen, there, there's, there, there's the lack of depth is, is pretty evident. Like, yes. You know, honestly, you might just look at it as, look, the Raptors didn't have three of their nine rotation players last night. And mm. if that happens, they're not going to win because they don't have rotation players ready in the waiting to they fill those spots. They could have won. You know they could have won last but night. But they still could have won, won last night. And that's the thing to me. It's just like the way they started the game defensively was so disappointing. The very first possession, the Raptors give up a wide open three. Like, And it wasn't even like the Pacers running complicated offense or anything. Like they're easing into the game. It's literally the first possession. And they were missing Tyrese Halliburton you Wait, know, who, on their the way, side. Was, he was taking step back logo threes for fun. Oh, word. Oh, pregame? Pregame. Yeah. Like, me and Vivek were watching it, and we were just mesmerized. Mm. The fact that he has such a quick release, it's obviously unorthodox, but he yeah. gets the ball up there. It's a really great arc, and, yeah. he, and, and he's just making so many shots. Oh, he thinks he's game. me. Yeah. He's, he's hitting from the logo before the game, and I was mm. like, oh, he's questionable. I, I'm, I'm feeling questionable about this game. <laughs> then I was a relief that yeah, he wasn't he in the play. game yeah. again, and I was like, okay, well, at least, you know, there's going to be there's not that to deal with tonight. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, you still see that kind of effort, which, you know, to me, it's just like defensively, they need to be a lot better. Like when you watch back on the film, so many of those are just miscommunications. Guys are really taking their assignments. You know, it, it, even when they had to shift the zone, like the first possession, they shifted the zone. Mm. The, the Pacers are like, oh, it's a zone. So they like shifted the ball around side to side a little bit. They weren't really sure where to go. And then all of a sudden there's this huge gap because if you're playing zone, you should have two guards sort of like almost standing just like at the elbow extended, like both elbows, mm. right? Right? And you should prevent, you know, that drive through the middle. Yeah, which is the whole point of the zone. Right, and the, the first way. play, they go to the zone. The ball <laughs> rotates out to TJ McConnell. There's a huge gap. Like, both yeah. guards are suddenly guarding the, you know, the, the wing, and there's nobody in the middle. TJ McConnell runs in and throws in a little floater. And whatever. T- and then, you know, 
Bakuzi in 4K, man. But like, Bakuzi in 4K. I, I just like that, no, that can't be the first shot you give up. But this is the thing. How like you've you know you watch these games, you watch these games back, you've seen so so much of this this year. Yep. Like even just watching these first quarters, like last night, giving up 36 points, trailing by 10 after one, and like you pointing out all these you know them going to zone and not being able to play the zone properly. Like, what are all those extra practices for? What is all that extra practice time that you guys put in and talk so much about? And what is all the, you know, attention to detail, all this stuff that is preached? Like, we've just gotten to the point of the season where we just have to accept that this this is the season. Yeah, I guess so. Right? This is and, the and season. And again, like, if you are in a different mood, right, like, you're, you're late in the season here, you got to make that push, right? How much do you really want to extend your season? How much do you want to make that push to make the play-in, win the play-in, get into the playoffs? And then, as Nick there said... <laughs> Be a hard out. They, just, we might hit a flush on the river. Right? We How might. much do you want to hit the runner, runner, and a flush, yeah, right? We might like, hit the flush. Like, what is the commitment to that? And if, if that is the commitment, then how do you come out with the game like that last night? Again, that, that game was just sitting there for you. Even with Indiana playing well to start, I was like, okay, yeah, they are hitting some shots as well. That's fine. At a certain point in the game, they're going to start to play badly, and they turned the ball over a lot last mm. night. And some of that you might say, okay, that's the Raptors' defense. They're good at turning the ball. They're forcing turnovers. They let you back into the game. And even in the third quarter, when Indiana had the momentum, then Pascal really came on really strong and, and, and found Malachi Flynn ultimately for a three that put them up 73-71. to 71. I was thinking, okay, here we go. Mm. Okay, yeah, you started sluggishly, whatever, but that yeah. happens, right? Now all of a sudden your, your, your best player are playing like your best player. Yep. You know, Malachi Flynn for some reason is in the game and he's actually doing decently. Okay, cool, I'll accept that, I, you know. Mm. And, and let's just let's, let's now be serious and finish this game. You've now taken the lead mm -hmm. and now you can put it's this kind of like the Minnesota away. game from last weekend in a way. It's yeah. like you've got a chance to just pull away in the second right. second half and just take care of it. And in the Minnesota game, Minnesota's come out the second half of back-to-back, -back, so they were tired and they played double overtime. There's no fatigue excuse for the Toronto Raptors. They no. were coming off of, what, two two games off? Yeah. Maybe I even three? What happened at the Rap City Social, man? We need an insider report. So, Guys got hurt. So how do you come out with tired. that little defensive energy? At the start? Are, are you desperate to go to the plane or not? But that's all I'm saying. The lack of focus, all this stuff. Like, it's beyond, you know, the X's and O's, all this stuff you want to talk about. It's just the overall team approach. Right. The overall team approach is just missing this year. And the confusing thing to me, and, and probably is to... You know, people who are much smarter and and with in much more of a position to make yeah. a decision, is like, you know, how much of this is just rotten to the core, and how much is it like, do you not want to throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing? Where mm. it's like, I do see that there is talent on the team. I do see that when they play well, when they play together, when they you know, play the way they're designed to, they mm. can have good results. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, what is the cause for some of the the games where they just completely bottom out like that? Like there are standards that just don't really get upheld. Right, you look at the game that OG and Obi've had, for example. OG's been awesome recently, mm -hmm. right? He's been efficient. He's been his true shooting's been like seventy percent. He's been catching and shooting for threes, and he's been knocking those down. He even started being featured in the offense a little bit. He was he was making those shots. Mm -hmm. He was obviously doing a great job defensively. You know, like we're like, wow, look at OG and Obi. He looks amazing. Please, someone go back and look at the two of thirteen performance and the mm -hmm. decisions on offense that went into that. Right, anytime mm -hmm. OG and Obi stole the ball, he was not passing that ball afterwards. Right, like why? Right? Like, why? Like, is the goal to sort of win the game or is the goal to sort of like, what, what are the other goals in, right? Because yeah. I thought last night, for example, Raptors didn't involve OJ Anobi at all in the first quarter. Mm. Like, he barely got the ball. And the times he got the ball was he stole the ball. Yeah. Right? But, like, at the same time, maybe that's just how the game is going, right? Mm -hmm. But can we sort of, like, play together and play to win? And when you look at the 2 of 13, it was not a, it was a very early 2 of 13. 
that was something that I didn't really highlight that much in the React pod because I was so focused on the fact that Fred came back into the game. Nick put him in 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, mm. and he went 0-3 from 3, had a turnover as well. And that turnover probably should have been a block. Yeah, this, was the, an one. this was the review. Um, I don't know. Didn't get over I don't understand if the defender is still moving into that position. Is yeah. that not a block? That's the definition of a block. But okay, they called it a charge and they reviewed it and it was state a charge. Yeah, but come Fred on, came Josh back into, Tiven. Yeah, Fred came back into the rest. game. Oh, three from three, and you look at the three three point attempts. They're all pull up threes. They're yeah. not like open threes, mm-hmm. and they're all not like. And they're all plays where it's just like the Raptors were in a one-possession game. Yeah. And it's like I get the, from the perspective of, okay, Fred wants to take that big three and sort of like, you know, pop the roof off from Scotiabank Arena. You know, obviously <laughs> everyone was so hyped last night for sure. Um, but those are bad shots to take. And you know what? In, in a different context, I'm like, okay, if the whole team's struggling and Fred, you, you know, jacks up a three here or there, I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Pascal was cooking in the fourth quarter. It, if there was any plays where Pascal didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter last night, and again, he had 18 of the Raptors' points on six of eight shooting, was six of seven from the free throw line as well, and he was being a willing distributor as well, mm-hmm. how is he not touching it every single time? Right? Are we trying to win or not? No, I hear like, you. like we have to play as smart as possible to win, especially when you're coming from behind. I, I think when you have those advantages, don't like understand. With, yeah, with Pascal, like the 17 shots in the 40 minutes is just not enough. Um, like, I mean, Fred too. I know Fred's been playing really well, but the shot shot selection was really tough last night. Like, like you highlighted, and again, I think this is another common problem that has like permeated the team throughout the season, and and it's like a it's like a bigger issue that I'm, I'm worried about. Is like there's a lot of great. Um, I don't know if I would say great, but like individual scores, guys who, who want to, you know, be individual scores in this league, get their shots. Like, do they have just too many of those guys? No, like, they, they have not enough. No, but like, that's the problem, right? They don't have enough scoring, but at the same time, the distribution is not making sense. Like, this is the team that doesn't always make the extra pass, et cetera, et cetera, all of that stuff. And when you watch the games, you just see it. You see it permeating through all these guys. And I know it starts with a joke of like, you know, Gary never passes during the fast break. But there's truth in those things. And then when you start watching the offense, like you just see it. Like you just see it with this team. Yeah. And no, that's that's so frustrating. And listen, I, I'm not even expecting the Raptors to be a juggernaut team offensively, yeah. but can we guard better? Right. Again, like Indiana. <laughs> How do they have so too many guys who want to score, but then like nobody who can score? That's the worst combination. <laughs> no, ever. man. We're, we're, it, it, and then Malachi is the pressing case of emergency, breaking case of emergency for Nick. When he wants six points in two minutes, like please, someone score. I just don't understand. Like, listen, I, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm okay with the idea that the Raptors gave Malachi a chance, and the strength are what they are. Right? He's no, been in the sure. program for three years. Even if you haven't seen it on the court yeah. in games, you probably saw it at some point in practice. And if you decided you're out on him, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're Nick Nurse and you got to look down the bench and you're like, all right, Malachi, we we need you tonight. Like, can you look him in the eye? Like, really? <laughs> After you benched him like five, six times within no, a single season? We talked you about be this. like, hey, with- man, we, we're going to need you. Get out, get, out, get out there. Like, I wouldn't be able to look a man in the eye after that. We, talk, really we talked about the backup point guard problem and look at the three guys who played last night. I mean, Will Barton was a starter last night because of the injuries, but he is four points in 23 minutes. You know, two of eight. Miss, no, that miss one three he missed three. in the third quarter yeah. where he was wide open and it just only hit backboard. I don't get it. And by the way, here's the thing. I don't want to be mean to this because I, no. I, I like we've seen Will Barton play and, and be a successful player in the course of his career, right? He's had There's a no long doubt NBA about that. career. He yeah. can score. And obviously he's shooting a lot lower than his typical averages. Mm-hmm. But even when I'm watching him in practices, because you know I love to watch players just yes. shoot warm up jumpers, yes. right? It's actually, it's actually a like a, it's a it's real a, thing I do. It's a sickness. Pre game, I'm there at five o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. I see everybody come through and warm up, right? Mm-hmm. Um then I've practiced when I'm there, I'll watch whoever's shooting afterwards. Mm. 
Yeah. Will's been missing a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot. It's not a consistent. Like, you can tell the difference between a really consistent shooter. Like, for example, like, Tyrese Halliburton, right? Watching mm-hmm. him warm up. And he, was, he didn't even play last night. Yeah. I don't know. Probably made, like, 70% of his threes. Mm-hmm. And he was, for, for, for a stretch, they're taking logo threes. The shots mm-hmm. look consistent. The arcs look consistent. Everything yeah. looks flow. Like, for Will, he hasn't been shooting well even in warm-ups. And but, even yeah. in practice, in practice, there's another benefit where mm-hmm. they have the big board where they show the NOAA analytics. Yeah. Even those are inconsistent, right? Yes, yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. you miss, but tech- out of the three categories there, usually if you're missing, you're missing one of those categories that are fluctuating, right? right. And again, I'm not saying I've seen all of it. I'm sure the tr- coaching staff has seen way more data and the analytics team sure. has seen much more of it. But even just watching some of those things, it's like you don't get the impression that he's a knockdown shooter. Given that, though, he still just has not been able to deliver results, right? Yeah. I thought him starting the starting lineup last night was a great chance for him because of the fact that, okay, if you're coming off the bench and you're asked to create your own shot, obviously you're going to be much less efficient. Mm. Now you're in the starting group with Pascal, with Fred, with OG. Like these guys can create for others or even Yak can dive to the rim and make the extra pass. Like you should get op- more open shots. And even the most open shots, he wasn't making those. Again, he had the wide open three, hit the backboard, and the, the Pacers went the other way, and Buddy Hill hit a three. And that's just one possession, but that's six points. Yeah. Well, they lost by four. Yeah. So, like, that's a lot. No, but we've been saying all year, like, this is a team This team is not good enough to be wasting these possessions. Like, this team needs guys to, to be able to, to hit threes. Like, again, last night, only two guys hit, hit you know, uh, two threes or more. Fred... And, and Malachi. And that's the tough thing. It's like Will Barn, like I know I joked earlier this week, like what does Will Barn do? But it's like, if he's not going to be making shots out there, then okay, maybe you go to your other option. So you go to Malachi and he gives you 18 minutes, you know, scores a couple of threes. But like we no, talked... Malachi Flynn was closing the game for us. Well, yeah, we've night. told, you know, we've talked about Malachi at length and all this stuff. But like, this is about as much as you can expect from Malachi if you bring him in, right? Maybe give you a little scoring burst. And then Jeff Down Jr., which, you know, like I advocated for, um, you know, over Will Barn. But, like, how, how, what are you expecting from Jeff Down, you know? Like, he gives you six minutes last night, um, you know, minus five and six minutes. Like, Jeff Down's not going to save the day. Um, you know, I think on, on, on a fully healthy squad, like, maybe he can play a role coming off the bench. But, again, you look at all these options, and none of these options is going to help you swing anything. Yeah. And when three guys are hurt, you know, you need your top other top four guys, Pascal, OG, Jakob, and Fred, to all play at a really high level, and you need to play defense, and that didn't happen last night, and they lose. And if, yeah. the, if the injuries continued, like, I, you know, it's a toss-up against any team. Like, this Raptors team versus any team, when they're playing like this, it's a toss-up. Like, it doesn't matter what the competition is. It doesn't matter if it's Detroit or Indiana. Mm-hmm. Miami, Washington. Yep. Like I don't know. I'm super concerned about this homestand now. <laughs> but you know the you know the good thing about being being in the playing tournament is you can usually just start the day in ninth, um, have a terrible game at home and just finish the day in ninth. Well, which that's is the what thing. they when, did. When you're having a mid off, your <laughs> like, opponent is also mid, so you're yeah. actually okay with that. By the way, I I, I just paused to to double check this because I, I was like, <laughs> am I sure this happened? Malachi Flynn played. He checked into the third quarter at the seven minute mark, mm. and he checked out of the game in the fourth quarter at the three-minute mark. So we're talking about Malachi Flynn, who has not played for, like, he's consistently out of the rotation, Mm. comes into this game, and all of a sudden, he is now playing, like, 15 straight minutes for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In all, by all that was in a one possession game. And and by the way, he played his role (laughs) decently. There's no complaints about Malachi uh, at all last night. But my my point is just like, man, you just got to be really prepared if you're on the Raptors. It could be anything or it could be nothing. By the way, I think the other thing, too, with the Raptors is just like how many many spots on the rotation are you getting very little to no production from? Yeah, that plus like how many of those positions do you not know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I mean, even the star players are kind of inconsistent. Like, of I thought Fred played a great first quarter, and afterwards, mm-hmm. I I don't know. How many games this season have you thought, like, oh, this is just an overall well-played game? <laughs> like, even in the wins, um, right? This hmm. is how the bingo card originated last week. By the way, all the since you put that bingo card together, yes. and by the way, Raptors PR, that was all Alex. He's the producer <laughs> wow, of the show. He comes up with the topics, all right? Well, most of the time he does. He um, books the guests. <laughs> I don't book the guests either. It's all Alex. Actually, this show has my name on it, but it's 90% Alex. Um, when you put that bingo card together and you put Jacoproto gets postered. Did you? Yeah, you interviewed him the next day? It, no, no. Oh, well, okay. It's not that. It's, it's whatever. I'm sure you didn't see it. That um, should have been the free bingo space? No, every <laughs> single game I have seen since that bingo card comes yeah. out, he has been postered. Well, you know. Uh, what and it I happened say? last night with O'Shea Brissett, which, yeah. by the way, the Raptors, again, in a one-possession game, Yak rises up for the rebound. Yeah. He's there. Pascal's there as well. He didn't get the rebound, but he's there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, O'Shea Brissett jumps over both of them, yeah. grabs the rebound um, out of Yak's hands. It goes out of bounds. The Raptors are defending a baseline out of bounds. Mm. The inbound goes to um, O'Shea, and he cuts the basket and posters Jakob. Yeah, and posts and flexes, so hard. Gets the technical. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, stop. They got to stop calling that, man. Like, do you expect a guy to dunk on someone and just, you know, not celebrate? They want everyone to be Kawhi. <laughs> they actually want everyone to be Kawhi. Who but, also picked up a tech this week. Doing what? You didn't see Kawhi pick up a tech? No, I didn't see it. He was just complaining to the ref. But the ref apparently said, my bad after and apologized to him. <laughs> Refs are so damn bad. Hey, man, I don't, just, just give him a tech, man. But my point okay, is yes, just like, yes, yes, your point, yes. those are the plays you need. Yeah. There are so many little plays you know, not made. It, we had these bigger conversations of, do the Raptors have a star? Did they have the rotations right? Is the right I coach know. for the team? Is it the right system? All these things. These are big picture things. And then when you look at the game, you look yeah. at the micro and you're just like, I don't I don't understand. But listen, you know th- I mean? th- that's that's a conundrum for me because like I love the Jakob Pertl pickup. And I know at the time of the trade deadline, it went against, you know, everything that, you know, fans were expecting and a lot of people watching the team wanted. So I have no problem with the Jakob Pertl pickup adding to this team, but like they still need to look at it big picture and just look really at this collection of players and, and be like, is this does this group work moving forward like long term? The talent is there, I agree with you, but it's just these performances are so like inexplicable. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't well, line up. Well, here's the thing: you can't replace all the talent, but if you can, if you can get a different culture in where you yeah. can just like nail the little things, right? Right. At the start of the season, I felt very strongly about what what Raptors culture was, quote unquote. Yeah, right? and then now we've lost it. And like, now there's like, no there's no culture to these hang are on the, to. The, the reason they lose is because of obviously the bigger thing, but the smaller things is just they lose on small possessions like that. That yeah, and and there's like ten or like nine or ten of those every single game. But that's I'm what I'm not saying. expecting that's a how you team lose. to nail all of those. Mm-hmm. But a serious team does nail all of those. That's how you stay competitive. Yeah. There's no reason for Raptors to have lost Indiana Pacers last night. There's no sugarcoating that. No, and, there's no um, reason for Fred to be coming down the floor and jacking up threes like that. There's no reason for OG to call his own number that often. The first time by the way he called his own number, he like literally went at O'Shea, took one dribble, O'Shea poked it in, OG fell over and lost the ball. Man. Yeah, I was asking uh, uh, Big V, Vivek Jacob, friend of the program, in the booth after that O'Shea Brissett dunk too. Because, you know, he's one of the players, obviously, was in the Raptors system and then the Raptors yep. let him go. And I was like, I was like, who do we let him go for, basically? And I guess he said Utah because like, Utah would have came yep. in to replace him, right? Yep. So I did the, <laughs> I guess I followed it through. So we, we got rid of O'Shea, got Utah, and mm-hmm. then flipped Utah into Wancho. Yeah. And I was like, who do we want? And then Wancho into Will Barton. So there you go. We lost four times. We lost four times on that transaction wire. There may or may not be an event with me and Bobby Webster coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, it might be, yes. But like, so it's going to be a one-on-one hell in the cell match. Also, what do you want me to say? <laughs> why did you cut? Why did you cut? Why did you just cut exactly the whole, whole sequence, man. No, but. The whole sequence. But that, again, like, 
that just goes back to just the building of the roster, mm-hmm. just like all these spots, you know, the backup point guard, all this stuff. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel like we're overreacting to one game because no, I feel no, like no. we're more reacting to just the overall trends of the season and they all showed up last night. Yeah. yeah. They really did. You had a, we had a good time at the arena though. No, the, the arena was an elite Shouts to Jordy, shouts to Orrin Weissfeld, shouts to Zoe, <laughs> Lindsey Dunn, Tim Chung, oh Savannah, JR, JV, my guy, Eric Kareen, Ryan yeah. Wolstat, Big V. It's Wolfman. always good energy. The God, always good the energy. Great stories, great banter at the arena, man. Dwayne. Yeah. We, we call him Dwayne, the, the Godfather from now on. Oh, yeah, the Godfather. I mean, he's Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather. Who's the Podfather again? Who are they? Bill Simmons. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's unfortunate. Um, yeah. Uh, did you hear about, about Global Jam, the announcement about Global Jam yesterday? I did. Well, I'm really excited because I had a great time at Global Jam last summer. Yeah, Global Jam was great. So yesterday, Sportsnet and Canada Basketball announced the return of Global Jam, uh, the world-class international basketball showcase that's going to be in Toronto from July 12th to the 16th. So the event's going to be highlighted by the 5-on-5 under-23 basketball tournament featuring women's and men's teams from around the world. It's going to take place at the at Malachi Flynn's home, uh, Mattamy Athletic Center. Mm. Um, and teams are going to compete in the round robin July 12th to the 15th. And then the gold medal game is going to take place on July 16th. And you can go to globaljam.ca to check out all the ticket information. So exciting yeah, this is i mean obviously this is a plug but this is not a plug for me like no i loved going to global no, jam last summer yeah, it was no, a really no fun one, time no one asked me to do this i actually just wanted basketball fans to know because no, i think it's a very exciting event last summer bobby and masai were there that was famously the time when you pressed bobby to show him your head oh god I'm it was not during com- the height okay. of the kd trade room i will just not show up to this bobby event at this <laughs> point, not that you've listed out my you, history you bobby. pulled up on him literally bobby Listen, was like I shook hey bobby's, i shook bobby's hand last you know, night he's always cool. nice to us yeah. and then you're like yeah um let me see that phone <laughs> and he was like what he's like don't let me see that phone man <laughs> I've let me see those kd proposals and then he literally disappeared behind the curtain honestly i'm not gonna to lie run away from you. i was moving real funny last summer um but uh, but masai was there yeah you, uh, you shay you, was there you, it's just cool to see the entire like can the basketball community come together you're bearing, also like you're bearing the lead bro what's the lead i was starstruck because jalen harris walked in okay <laughs> All right, yeah. So Jalen Harris was there. He was part of Everybody's the trying to take photos with Scotty Barnes. So, and, oh, yeah, Scotty was there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and I then, remember. And I remember. then I was like, yo, should I go say what up to my guy? Scotty uh, Barnes. There we go, baby. <laughs> we go. Once a show. That's the free bingo square on the Raptors show, bingo. Oh, yeah. We're you know what, actually? That. We're going to do that. You know what? Since that. we made, since we, not we made fun of the Raptors, we're going to we, make fun. We, 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 we carefully we, observed the trends of the Toronto Raptors and put them into a bingo card. We're going to do it for ourselves. We should do it for the Yeah, the poo poo platter. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. We make fun of ourselves every day. It's important to laugh. It's just important. No, it to really laugh. is, man. Yeah. That's why I had like a super, you know, irate React Pod last night. Saw like two hundred comments on it on, on Reddit when I woke up this morning. I was like, oh no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> that many comments? Yeah, people were really upset and people were really um, vibrated with the show. Yeah. Um. So thanks everyone for I guess sharing that. But uh, no, I, and that's why I woke up this morning and I was like, all right, it is what it is. I'll watch back the film. I sat mm. down at my desk. You know, had a. Uh, what did I have? A soup from Tim Tim Hortons oh, with a sesame my, bagel. My favorite spa, you know that. Yeah, almost yeah. almost took uh, Nick Kiprios's coffee yesterday. My apologies. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> um, and you know, I was sitting down and I'm watching the first quarter and I'm clipping the things and I and I had to just pause. Like I actually mm-hmm. had, at the end of the first quarter, I just had to like sit and just like do a breathing exercise. I was just gonna I mean? recommend a breathing exercise. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the goat. Before, goat. before we um before we take the break, can we just spend two minutes on on the aftermath of the Matt Devlin yeah. um, bubble tea segment? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, from yesterday, so uh, it was very well received. Um, I believe this is 
our time to transition into our Fung Bros era. <laughs> what if we have every Toronto media member that comes in now just has to try a simple Chinese item? <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, Are you ready to transition? Salute to the Fung Bros. Because I've always said this is our this is the next era. I guess I've been saying it's for me, but I'm trying to rope you into it. Well, first off, you know, I think there's a longer discussion we had about sort of like the the the, the public media spaces that Asian Americans were featured oh, on. Oh God! And so okay, YouTube okay. Space Coming in May, Asian Heritage Month. So like yes. ten, you know, like when they started like 10, 12 years ago, like that was a big thing. I'm and just I saying. Salute it, them. And I recommend all. I'm their just work. saying it's very popular. How I just felt like for us, like we were just Asians who like basketball. Okay. Um, so this is a this is a long way of saying no. Yes. Yeah. This you're, is a very polite you're, way of saying. You're no. hard out like Nick Nurse. <laughs> like the by the way, the, the Fung Bros, true hoopers. Oh yeah, I'm aware. Oh no, they're yeah. hoopers. I'm aware. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Devlin did, ask, uh, Devlin did ask us about the origin of, you know, bubble tea. Like, oh, what was oh, the yeah, first yeah. Go spot? Ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So friend of the community, friend of the program, and a friend in real life, Joseph Cacharo of The Score, actually messaged after um, and said that the he believes the first bubble tea spot was the Green Grotto, which was downtown in the early 90s and then moved to Warden and Steele's. Um, and because he would go there this frequently, the, this is the migration of Asians. No, he was Toronto. he would you go there in Chinatown, and then you move to Warden and Steel. <laughs> yeah, so right, right at Scarborough. So he would go, he would go there as a teenager and talk to the owners, and, and he said that the owners would would tell him that they were the first place, like the first bubble tea spot to open there. So hmm. just to uh, tie a bow. That's a local that. history thing too, because again, I think I think Matt was asking us about the general history of boba, and I was like, I actually don't really know all of it, but. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't mind. I, I I did like the idea of people coming in and trying stuff. So, well, I mean, <laughs> no, Grange is not coming was, to the studio tomorrow, but we'll, we'll get was, Grange to try. Grange is going to be on in five minutes. What are you talking about tomorrow? Today? What? We have Michael Grange today. I, no, I oh, know. Oh, oh, he said tomorrow. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, on, the, uh, on the other side of the screen. Uh, we, can check with, we can check with Grange what he wants to try yeah. next time he comes in the studio. Yeah, there we, we can go. do that. Okay, well, um, we are going to take that break, I guess. By the way, to people, I see the people in the chat. No, I was not saying Reddit was negative about it. No, I saw a lot of people were, were vibrating with what I was saying. <laughs> I was just surprised because typically you don't see the, the, the React pods posted without much discussion. But anyway, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we are going to take that break. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network on the other side of this break. We will find out more info on what happened at practice with Michael Green. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge discussing the biggest stories that matter to toronto sports fans the fan morning show with alish forfar and justin cuthbert subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Ben Lou. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. And we are joined on the line by friend of the program, Michael Grange. Grange, what's good? How was practice today? It was riveting. Well, yeah? you, uh, you missed a big day. Really, really, really big day. I know. It's, it's tough. I, usually when the weather is nice, I can, I could scoot over. I'm always there at practice. But same, same. 
that today it was rainy, it was dark, <laughs> and mm, I thought about same. that game last night. I thought about all those little, you know, in and out dribbles for TJ McConnell before he pulled up for mid range and he made all of them. Um, I, I thought it would probably be wise to skip practice, but I didn't want to bring the mood nope. down. So, how was the mood at practice, Grange? Did any was was there any injury news at least? Uh, the only injury news is everyone's still injured. So, uh, Scotty Barnes, you probably saw some clips. He was him and uh, Delano Banton, who still has his left thumb wrapped, were uh, were being very carefully to do very careful to do right-handed drills without using their left hand. Wow. So. Uh, so yeah, Scotty actually had something approaching you could almost call it a cast on his left hand, so left wrist. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he remains day to day, but I don't think he's playing tomorrow. That's my big uh, my big insight. All right. And then I didn't see any sight of Gary or Precious and they are also apparently they didn't practice, so apparently are day to day. That's no, that's um, really unfortunate. That is really unfortunate because the Raptors do not have that much depth. And uh, we I was going to say, yeah, do you don't you don't think they have the depth that they could kind of overcome uh, overcome that in the short term? Well, I mean, they did bring in uh, trust a veteran Will Barton, and so far he hasn't clicked. Um, but look, this is this, the game's not about Will Barton. I think it's about the other little details that weren't really hammered. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what the conversations were, um, you know, in terms of the questioning to, to Nick at practice. Well, it was interesting talking to him, and, and you know, he was pretty adamant about, um, and we've heard him talk about this kind of stuff before, that the process was good. He expected shots were good the, the the you know the creation was good and and uh you know what did they shoot like five, seven of 34 or 20.6 percent from three <laughs> something mm-hmm. bad so so you know and and then on the other hand you know he allowed in, in the stretch you know i think everyone acknowledged that the first quarter was not ideal and um just re-watching some of it now like yeah there was there was some not great defensive effort i would say um, and then in the fourth, he, he kind of really came down to make or miss. He said, you know, the, the four, the, I think Pager said four big threes. He thought two of them were really well defended. Um, one of them was a, you know, a pure breakdown and one was kind of like an, an in-between. And, and obviously if you're trying to win important games and trying to come back against the team, even though you're not really all that deep in the hole, uh, those little breakdowns add up and, and, um, but overall, you know, I think he was – he certainly wasn't coming down on his team. He wasn't crushing anybody. Um, you know, I think it's a theme that we've seen over and over again is, is this this group has really very little margin. And, you know, one or two things go wrong and one or two guys are out of the lineup and, and you know, they, they can – look, they can lose anybody at their best um, when, they're, when they're kind of not firing for whatever reason. They're pretty vulnerable, and we've seen that. I think enough times this season to understand what we're looking at. Yeah. Do you agree with that make or miss thing though? Cause like, you know, we were, Will and I were talking about in the first segment, just about some of the shot selection yesterday from like Fred and OG. And I feel like that's been a thing that's like stood out throughout the season too. Just like getting the best shot on offense and things like that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the numbers would suggest either, um, you know, they're just an incredibly unlucky offensive machine or they can't shoot, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it's, you look at their effective field goals percentage um, before it's just use the all-star break. That's basically the kind of before and after with Jakob Bertel. And there's been no, they are the exact same team, you know, they, like they're 
I think they were 28th in effective, their own effective field goal percentage before the All-Star break. They're 28th now. You know, they're just a little pitch above Charlotte and Houston. And, you know, you look at some of the shots Fred was taking down the stretch, probably not ideal. Um, but I, I think sometimes, especially when he kind of steps into those early transition threes, which are open, you know, I think some of it's an acknowledgement that, you know, the deeper they go into their clock, the less likely they're, they are to get a good shot. And, um, you know, and I just, I just wonder if on some level they certainly play a strategy or, or like a, a, their approach is, is kind of really tells you that they don't believe in themselves offensively because everything they do, even now that they've added, you know, a pretty high quality finisher and, and Pirtle, is still about generating maximum possessions, still about trying to turn people over, still about kind of crashing the offensive glass. Like it's all about a relatively high risk strategy that, you know, is, it makes sense if you don't believe that you can affect games offensively other ways. And, you know, that's, that's whether that's true or not. I mean, that's certainly how, what they think of themselves. I mean, that's, that's why they're doing it. Right. No, I mean, I, I think that's very true, and I think, um, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say it was a make or miss league last night. I mean, yes, the Raptors definitely shot the ball poorly, and Indiana got uh, a lot of their threes to fall. But I mean, look, the Raptors got to the free throw line thirty nine times last night, which is good process. Um, but I mean, yikes! If you if you're not winning a game when you take thirty nine foul shots, I, I really don't understand what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, in terms of the positives from last night, because we obviously have been hammering a lot of the other angles, um, I thought Pascal obviously took over in the fourth quarter, which was, which was really nice. I thought he got going in the third quarter as well. What have you made of Pascal recently where I think over the course of the road trip, he was definitely in a slump, but it seems like he's, he's mostly out of it now, and he's, he's gone back to being sharp. Yeah, no, I think he's been really good. That road trip was, uh, was really weird. <laughs> you know, like he, yeah. he was terrible. Um, I think there was a bit of a disconnect where, um, you know, his, I wrote something where his usage numbers in the fourth quarter, like fell off a cliff. Like he just didn't, didn't get the ball and it kind of got worse as the trip went along. And, and, um, you know, and I, I, it'd be interesting to know exactly what the process is that, that if that's kind of organic or if it was a little bit intentional or if it's a little bit Siakam not really asserting himself. And I think what he did early, the first few games of this homestand is, you know, he was way more, and even last night, just way more willing to just go and do some dirty work to go get a ball and get him going, mm-hmm. get on the break. Like everything can't just be handed to you. You know, you're not, you know, it's, it's not like it's Kawhi Leonard and they're just going to hand you the ball and go, you know, you know, lay it flat and go one four and and that's your job. Like that's he's that's not him. It can't be him. And, you know, sometimes I think in the absence of that there wasn't a lot of activity from Siakam and I think he's been a lot better with that. And coincidence or not, you know, like with uh with Scotty out, um, you know, all of a sudden the ball's in his hands a lot more and and he was a really effective offensive player. So um you know, I think they're key and what they've really got to come to some kind of understanding about is, you know, you've got four guys who to varying degrees need and deserve the ball and Siakam, Barnes, Fred, and OG. And there just haven't been, it makes sense that not all four of them are going to thrive in the same day. Otherwise you'd be scoring, you know, 50 point, 150 points a night. 
but there's way too many instances where only two of those guys seem to be able to have good games at the same time. And, um, you know, if that can't get kind of ironed out, it's not an issue at the moment because uh, Barnes is out. We'll see it for how long. But, um, you know, if, if this team or group as designed is going to thrive, you know, it's got to be where, you know, it is a fairly equal opportunity offense. And, and you know, maybe a couple of guys' usage bumps up higher than others. But, but you know, somewhere in there, Barnes has to really excel. Siakam has to really excel. And, you know, OG and Fred have to find room to excel too. And that's that's sort of been the, the challenge with the formula they've adopted. Right. Now, the, the one constant, it feels like, is Yak. Um, obviously, most offensive attention is paid towards the other guys, and I think Yak has been an excellent counter to a lot of that. Like the first half, for example, um, the pick and roll with him and Fred was primarily the the source of offense for Toronto. Um, and in the second half, when Pascal really got going as well, I thought Yak was still able to support him in, in different ways. He finishes the game 10 or 12 from uh, the field. 36 minutes played last night. It might be the most he's played as a Raptor. Unfortunately, he went 3 of 9 from the foul line and uh, 2 of 5 from the foul line in the fourth quarter specifically. Um but, I mean, look, there, there can't be any complaints. It feels like Yak came in. He's playing great. He's got chemistry with everybody. But it necessarily, it hasn't really moved the, the needle forward for the team as a whole. Is that fair to say, Grange? Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of goes back to the point I was making earlier. Like, like I was really surprised, you know, I think looking at the that split pre- and post-All-Star game, you'd think there'd be um, a really significant, even – movement in terms of either your ability to defend or your ability to, to score or your efficiency of scoring, especially on the offensive side of, you know, Pirtle, I think, what is he shooting? Like he's shooting 68% as a Raptor, right? So, I mean, I know he's not getting a ton of, ton of shots, but um, you would think that would pump up your numbers. and It hasn't really like it's, there's kind of, um, you know, and I think, I think if anyone had told, had said that, you know what, Pirtle's going to come here and he's going to, you know, I've just got his numbers in front of him here. He's going to be, you know, 16 points, 10 rebounds, uh, two and a half assists, one and a half blocks, you know, a, a steal and a half and a block and a, nearly two blocks on, you know, 68%. And by the way, 60%, 2% free throw shooting. Like, he, you know, last night wasn't great, but he hasn't been a disaster. Like, we're going to find out what that's going to be earn him in the off season. Like, I think it's going to be not a small amount of money. And, you know, you would have thought if you were injecting that into your lineup um, without taking out any rotation piece that you would automatically be a better team. And, and you know, I guess the Raptors have been a better team. Like, I think, what, they're 9-7 and seven in those 15 games, 16 games. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's not – I would have thought that the impact would have been even more significant than it's been. And, you know, that's why I guess a game like last night is, is kind of frustrating because, uh, you know, instead of 9-7, they'd be 10-6, and six, right? And, um, and like, that's always, you know, that looks a lot more sturdy. Um, and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe there's more good stuff to come. But, but, yeah, it's a little bit mystifying that, you know, that his level of performance hasn't translated directly into or more directly to the bottom line. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, looking on the other side, um, man, Andrew Nemhard, what a game. Um, what a story for him as well. It's just, uh, you know, obviously 
obviously, I'm rooting for the Raptors to win, but uh, still, I, I am still rooting for Canada to win in basketball. And obviously, Andrew's been a part of the program already. I still remember him playing as an 18-year-old um, at the FIBA World Cup in China. And I think that the star player for Nick in that tournament was, was Ken Birch, just based on all the guys <laughs> who were available. But for an 18-year-old to play and play a decent role and be effective um, in at that level, at that age, is pretty impressive. Seeing him grow up now... Um, overcome the health struggles and and really really become a very very good player in this league. Um, yeah, man, it, that's a great story on a Canadian basketball angle, at least. It, it is a good story. Like, I mean, the crazy thing is that guy's probably going to make about a hundred million bucks. <laughs> you know, probably more. Um, he's going to be in the NBA ten years minimum. Yeah, like, right. it's very obvious because he's either going to progress and you're going to see more nights more consistently as he showed last night. And if you look at his game log, the last six games since Tyrese Halliburton's been out, you know, the, yeah, like that night was a bit of an exception. Like it was obviously one of the better games of his career, but it's been coming. Like he was averaging, I think 19 points a game on really good splits um, prior to that. And, you know, since Halliburton's been out. So, um, and I think what's interesting, so he's either going to become more of what he is now and, and, you know, could he be a starter? I don't know. Maybe. Um, like a like a have his own team type starter, um, but at the least he's going to be in someone's guard rotation for as long as he wants to be, right? Like I mean that's yeah. we all know that it's obvious, and it's a really cool thing. And I thought Fred and Fred made an interesting comment last night. Someone asked him, you know, about how did this guy go in the second round anyway, and you know probably got lost a few marks for being 22 and having spent uh, four years in college or whatever. And, you know, you can imagine what Fred's answer was, right? It's like, yeah, people are idiots. Uh, you know, they kind of, like, people should look a lot more on track record versus projectables and all of that. And, and that mistake gets made over and over again. Right. Um, um, and, but, you know, from a Raptors point of view, it's, you know, it, that decision at the trade deadline last year to trade out of, you know, whatever the end would have ended up in the draft, 20 or 21 or 22, 20, yeah. you know, in the 20 in the, in the, um, Thad Young deal. Like it seemed really innocent at the time. Um, you know, and the intentions are always good and there's, they're defensible typically, but man, that is proven to be a mistake. Um, you know, and you know, we've, We've all talked about Walker Kessler. Man, that would have solved a lot of problems. But even if, even, even, even if they had, you know, what's interesting is, you know, clearly a lot of teams wish that Andrew Nemhard had been drafted a lot higher than he was. Like mm-hmm. it was, it's proven to be a mistake. He's a second rounder. Um, so you know, if you if you they had picked a twenty and you come out of that draft, you know, with Kessler and and you know maybe or whatever. Like obviously, my point is only that there was there were some good players available in that, in that pocket and the Raptors didn't get them. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, you would, would they have ever taken Neymar to 20? Like, I doubt it. They probably wouldn't have, they probably wouldn't have at the time, but they should have. (laughs) Right. And they're not the only ones that should have, but they should have. And, and, you know, if you kind of look bigger picture at where the Raptors are right now, you know, they've now had, two or three years now where they've just missed opportunities to add depth in a meaningful way and it's killing them. Right. Yeah. And, um, can, is it, is it permanent? Like, is it fatal? Not just this year, but in years to come. I mean, we'll see, 
But the contrast of what they've done, Scotty Barnes aside, in the last three years, at, you know, with the bottom of the roster through the draft or through you know player acquisition, versus you know how they built a team that won. You know, if you go to after 15, 16, 17, um, you know what they were doing, who they were adding through that process. You know, it's it's that's it. That's the story. You know, and um, you know, so Andrew Nemhard is. Like it's kind of cherry picking to say, man, they could have drafted Andrew Nebhard, but the flip side is, yeah, they could have, <laughs> right? And uh, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point. A, a game like last night, for example, when you think back to 2016 or 2017, you know, let's say Colin, you know, Damar, or, or let's say in, in this case, JV and, you know, Damari Carroll and, and Patrick Patterson were missing due to injury, right? Other guys would step in. Because of the fact that, you know, you had a guy like Pascal or a guy like Fred or a guy like Yak in, in the rookie years in, in 2017. And they're ready to sort of step up into those bigger roles. And you win a lot of those games. Um, 100%. And, and last night, you didn't have those kind of extra little boosts of energy. You, you end up starting Will Barton, who you just signed, you know, out of nowhere to join your roster. And you're, all of a sudden, you're starting him, too. And it's, it's, it's tough. And, and to the point with Andrew, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, my, my sense on this is they wanted to take Coloco the whole time. I think, like, for example, like, Andrew, what, won 31? And we'll never know, right? Because obviously that was picked before Toronto at 33. But I'm curious. Like, if, if both Coloco and Andrew are on the board at 33, I think they probably would have still won with Coloco. And Yeah, it's, it's hard to know. I mean, I mean, all you heard was how good, you know, Andrew's workout was sure. in Toronto. And certainly Nick had great feelings for him and, and all of that. So who it's knows? It's not Nick's choice, though, is it? <laughs> it's not Nick's choice, right? And, yeah, Nick Murdoch might have burned a match with, uh, with Ken Birch. But um, you know, so so who knows exactly? Right, of course. But um, and Coloco, look, I think I think Christian's going to end up being. Yeah, of course. Bigs take longer like to develop all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I mean, at the same right. time, it's like the Raptors clearly have a very very big need at the third guard. And and if they had Andrew right now, who by the way is on a four year eight million dollar deal, man, mm. that you would solve yeah. a lot of problems. But Grange, we've unfortunately ran out of time, so we just got to call no you again next time. But uh, appreciate uh, your help on the show, your insight, and um, no worries. Anytime. Hopefully we call Good you on a more happier note. I always feel like we always yeah. call you about like who are we going to trade or why the Raptors come lose. have a come have a bubble tea with us next time. This is what we studio. do. Apparently. I you know I too have never had a bubble tea. Okay, oh, there okay. we go. Here we go. A new segment, oh, a new recurring segment has begun. Here comes yeah. David Fong. All right. All right. The, <laughs> thank um, you, Rach. Good luck. Good luck with your show next week, guys. Take care. All right. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Well, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willu, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks once again to Michael Grange, producer and co-host Alex Wong, report producer Derek Randall, and Jennifer Olnick with the YouTube, helping with the YouTube stream. And uh, yeah, listen to the banter pod because I'll be a lot happier and uh, we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow.